Third spot. Okay, here we go. Today's daf is daf Pei Vav, page eighty-six. Good evening, Chaver. Let us get going. We're going to back up to Pei Hayamad Beis towards the bottom. Ella Amar Avuna Berei the Rabbi Yeshua. See, see the word Ella. It's uh, six lines from the bottom of Pei Hayamad Beis, and the the hack over here, the sugi we're dealing with is about making a nether on a davar shaloi balaylam. So the woman basically said that I'm forbidding any future income that I earn to go to my husband. And we have a, we had a whole thing, or, or on somebody else, can you forbid a davar shaloi balaylam? So, Ella Amar Ravuna Brei Dav Yeshua, here we go. Ravuna Brei Dav Yeshua says, Ba'imaris Yikot Shiyotadimaseyem. Granted, she cannot say, I'm being Mekadesh, my Maisiyadayim, the income, but what she could do is, I'm sanctifying my hands. For anything they create, since her hands are a davar shabalaylam, they're in existence. So now, anything that ultimately will come out is still going to be forbidden to anybody because she's not saying something that's down the road and not here. She's focusing on her yadayim itself. The yadayim ha'istubaylam. Granted, it's everything. Yeah, unless you, uh, unless you uh, create things with your feet through your nose. Yeah. Says the Gemara, Is it really true? She says, oh, and my, my hands are holiest and anything she creates is going to also be holy as well. The problem is that her, her hands are meshubed to the husband. She can't forbid her husband on these things because since the Maizdayim are things that come out of the hand, those are the makings of the hand, she has no right to, to, to make it hectic, so to speak. The husband has a lean on her hands. The Gemara says, The reason why it's a valid vow is not for now, but she says, when I get divorced, my, I'm saying now that my hands, which are balaylam, that are in existence, nobody's going to be able to benefit from me, you included, my dear husband, because now you're going to become my ex. But one second. How could she say this? Bottom line is, right now her hands have a lean on them to the husband. She says, oh, when I get divorced, what do you mean? She's not divorced right now. And how do you know who says that if she says, when I get divorced, the taka would be a good vow? Tapa today's daf. Revila says, I'll tell you why I know it's a good vow. You know how I know it's a good vow? She says, now while I'm married, my hands are sanctified for when I get divorced. Because if somebody were to say to his buddy, I am selling you this field. So I say to you, I'm selling you my favorite field. Whose is it? It's still mine. I'm talking to you. And I'm talking to you about selling my field. So at the time that I'm selling my field, I say as follows. It's my field. And I say, you're buying it. I'm telling it to you, but you should know, one day I plan on buying this back. And if I ever buy it back from you, I want it sanctified. So, can I make it hectish? It's mine now. But can I make it hectish to, for a later time that it's mine? Says the Gemara, says Revilah, wouldn't you agree that, there's, that he has control over this? That, that it's, it's sanctified? What's the issue here? It's not yours to make it hectic? Yes, it is. There's going to be a break in between. So what? You'd certainly agree with me that it's, that it's hectic, and therefore, that's a proof that when a woman says that her maisi yadayim, that, I'm sorry, that her yadayim, her actual hands, are hectic, it should also be hectic. Master Yirmi says, what are you talking about? Think about the logic. Ready? Look through each case. She's married. She says, my hands are sanctified for when I end up getting divorced. They're not hers now. Says the Gemara, beautiful. Me, dumb, you can't compare the cases. When you're about to sell your field to Yankel, and you say that I'm selling you the field when I buy it, so it's in your power right now. It's be a diamond. It's in your kayak. It's your abilities. 
but is it in her abilities to make her rather you know how to compare you know what case to compare the case of this woman to this field that is already yours when I buy it back will be hectic that's like the woman whose hands are owned by the husband saying when I get my hands back in divorce hectic and in such a case, me Mikatsha does that work? Go prove it. So Masler of Papa, Rav Papa says, yeah, one second. Even in your case that you want to compare her to, me dummy. When it comes to selling, things are very clear. Whoever owns it has the rights to the field. But by a woman... It's not, there's no clear boundaries around who owns what. There's no clear boundary around who owns it. Now, why is there no clear boundaries around who owns what? Because remember, does a husband own his wife's hands literally? No, you don't own any part of your wife's body. What you own is the maisiyadayim. You own any initial income that she could earn from those hands. So over here, you have, there's a difference in ownership over a chefza. An actual item and ownership over a right. So, I'll tell you the, what, what a case that's even better to compare her to. This field that I've given to you as a mashkin, it's, uh, it's as a uh, collateral. When I get it back from you, then I want it to be hektish. Me like kodcha, and in such a case, it's hectic because it's like it's yours, but it's not yours, right? It's yours. You just have no control over it because it's in somebody else's possession as a collateral. So Masalar of Shishu Beidarvidi, Shishu Beidarvidi challenges that connection, you know that that similarity, and he says not that that's not true either. Me dummy is that case similar to the case of this woman who's prohibiting her ma'asiyadayim. So when I have a collateral, who controls the rights to get it back? The borrower. As soon as I give you the money, you're obligated to give this back to me. It's in my control to determine what's up with this. Therefore, I can say, even though right now it's by you, I'm controlling that, even though it's by you. Because any moment, it's in my power to take it back. But Isha biyadul is garish. A woman can't divorce herself. Halei damya. Rather, the case must be says of Shisha. If you want to give me a case to connect it to her forbidding her ma'isi adai, and what's going to be the case too? El la'imer lechaveira sodazu shemeshkanti lechal eshashanim. It's by you for a specified amount of time. Lukishav denam emchati kaddish. When I redeem it from you, it will become hektish. Mila mikadsha. Over there, certainly, Milai uh, Kacha isn't, um, um, is it not, isn't it not hektish? Okay? Because what you're going to say is, listen, it's completely yours, but it's by yours for a specific amount of time. So he wants the case to be, the case to the woman to be similar to a case where a person makes a mashkin for, his, for a, sp- a specified amount of time, so you can't take it back within that amount of time. And... You want to make it hectic then? So too, a woman saying, there's, a, there's a, an amount of time by me. Now, what's that amount of time? We don't know. We're about to challenge this. But if it's for a limited time, maybe the husband will die first. 
I'm gonna ultimately get it back, so I should allow it to be hectic as well. And on that, Masla Ravashi, Ravashi says no. Me dummy, you can't connect that case as well because Hosam over there, Kayitz over there. There's a ten year, there's a ten year uh, set term. However, Isha me is like a tuso. Woman doesn't have a a set term because again, she she can't create the the get and say oh the get's going to be in ten years, the get's going to be in five years. No such thing. Again, it's completely added for control. So we're still looking for a case. How do we to, to be able to confirm what her halacha is? So it says the Gemara, top of Pei Vav Ravashi. Rather, Ravashi says, shiny koinamais, that what you have to say is similar to what we learned earlier, that koinamais is different. When this woman makes a vow about her hands, different, the whole different process than a person sanctifying something, the chikidushasagoftami. Because koinam puts something into a category of inherent kedusha. Kedushasaguf, inherent kedusha. Something with inherent kedusha cannot be changed. It becomes a carbon and it's permanently, it's permanently there. So when you use the expression of kainam, your mom is turning it into a carbon, and that cannot be removed at all. So now, when she makes a vow, when a woman makes a vow, and she says, "My hands are a kainam," guess what happens? A kainam that my hands are hektish. She's inherently saying that my hands. Belong to Hektish. Now, if she's doing that, huh? Yiftach had this problem. Now, the question is going to be: Can you, be can you do that? Can you be Hektish part of an animal? Can, can you do this? So listen to this. Or if I, if a husband has a previous lien on something, can you sanctify that item? But he doesn't have a lien. He has a lien on the on the on the outcome of the hands, and by you doing that, you're taking away his rights. By her being Mekadosh or Yadayim, now he can't sanctify. He's not going to receive any of the output of her hands. See, here we go. Listen to this. It's beautiful. It says the Gemara. Uchidurava. Gemarava hektish chametz b'shechur mafkiyat midei Incredible. Ready for this? If somebody has a shibur, somebody has a lien on my property, and I make that property hektish, they lose their lien. If something becomes hekt, if something is chametz, okay. Now it's chametz of a pesach. Nobody's allowed to benefit from it either. So the uh, chametz is not allowed to be used against alin because the chametz itself becomes aser. The shechur freeing a, a servant as well, okay. The halacha um, is that once a servant is free, the one who's collecting the debt can only collect from other properties. You can't take the person. And also, they all remove the lien. So what's happening here is as follows. Says Rava. Says Ravashi. Granted, by her saying that her, her hands belong to Hektish, what's in essence happening is, how could you do that? It doesn't have a lien. You can't you sanctify your hands. Says Ravashi. That's not how it works. It's a Chiddush. But when you're, when, when you're Makdish, your yadayim, that overrides any pre-existing lien. Says the Gemara, So then, why, why is the whole idea here of that she only has rights to it because he might divorce her? Either way, it should become hers now. Immediately the lien falls off. What does it do divorce anymore? Says the Gemara, bottom line, You're right. You have to add the word vaid. And also, another reason. Reason number one is, when you make something hectish, it removes the lien. 
Reason number two is that also in the future, there's a chance for divorce, and that also is another logic that we're trying to, uh, trying to add to the tab. Okay. You could really get someone back. If I lend you money... Correct. Correct. Yeah. Rabbi pointing out that this is, this is a, a loophole that's going to exist, because if somebody has a lien on someone else's property and they just sanctify that property... So he gets angry at him. I got your money... I'm right. angry at you, when, and I'm going to be mocked my field, yeah. and you're out. Right. When people are more concerned about being right than being happy, they might do that. Now, the reason why we're not concerned about it is because that person is losing the property by sanctifying it permanently. Right, but he may realize he's never going to get the money. To okay, so that's, okay. you're willing to take a permanent loss in order to just punct, not have a lien on it. Yeah. Okay, it takes risks. But yeah, it's a way for... for in a Canaan. All right, here we go. Next Mishnah. Beautiful, beautiful Mishnah. Nadra Ishtai. His wife makes a nether. And listen to this. He hears his wife in the next room and his daughter happens to sound like his wife at times. So, Visavor Shanjabitai. See, here's an oath being made. He thought it was his daughter and it wasn't his wife. Okay. So that's why he didn't remove the vow. He didn't know it was her. His wife made another. His daughter made another. Or he thought it was his wife. So there, he has rights for his daughter and for his wife. He just thought it was the wrong gavra, wrong person. Let's say one of them made a nether about Naziris for Savashajabakarva. He thought they made a nether about Carbonus. Okay. Halacha is, he has to be made for the nether again. You have to know who made the nether and exactly what was said. You can't, you can't, huh? Why is this a chiddush? Because you have the rights to remove your daughter's vow also. Correct. So either way, I have a right to remove the vow. Right, so what's the chiddush of the Mishnah? Of course you go back and, and redo it. You can't... You, for, Why, of course. I, I had rights on any nether that's made in my household. Right. So I thought it was my wife. What's the difference what I thought? That's why so I have to go back. Because Why do I have to go back? I, it's, it's removed. Who cares? Don't you have to know which... You're, at, you're asking, don't you have to know who made it? And I'm saying, who says? All, right. all, all I need, you're going to be right. Because that's going to be the Chiddush and the Mishnah. You do have to know who made it. And that's why you got to go back and do it. It's going to be based off of Xeris Akasov. But the Misa, he's going he's to have to go back and, um, and uh, remove the vow. Okay. Now, there's a good Shaila being asked over here from Reb Robert. Reb Robert saying, is there a time limit on the mistake? And there's a fascinating conversation about this. Ultimately, it seems the Psak is that you have a new 24-hour period once things have been clarified, okay? Once you find out that it wasn't your daughter, it wasn't your wife, or it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the number that you thought, so now the 24-hour period um, uh, starts, okay? Fine. Now, let's just start the Gemara, because the Gemara is going to start to answer of Aravinsky's Kasha. And the Gemara is going to say, what is the backdrop of this halacha of knowing... What is being said 
and knowing who's saying it. See, here's very straightforward. It says the Gemara, bottom line, Pevavamad Beis, Lememra, do you mean to say, the Yoni Aisa, the Pasuk of Yoni Aisa, Davkahu, is Davka, is literal? Now, let's pause for a minute. The Pasuk in the Torah, if you look at the bottom Rashi, Lememra, the Haidechsev in Bamidbar Paraglamid, Kiheni Avia Aisa. That is, by the way, the Pasuk, which tells us that a father is allowed to remove vows. It's talking about Haini means to restrain, to hold back. The father's restraining her vow. She makes a vow, it's being held back. So when it says, Kiheni Avia Aisa, her, Tavka, Aisa, who the Be'ine, Sheheimafer, the shame, Aisa Hanedras Tavka. The Gemara is assuming that the reason why you have to know who's making the vow and what the vow is, is because Kiheni Avia Aisa. Which means you have to know what you're restraining and who you're restraining. The Gemara is asking, is that verse, so we're saying that's a literal verse. And the Gemara is challenging that. Is that verse actually literal? Is it literal? That you have to know exactly who's making the vow? Tapa Pezayin. And we'll wrap up this kasham. When it comes to the halacha of Kriya. When somebody Nebuch loses a loved one. So we know there's a mitzvah to tear their garments. David tore his garments about Shol and Yainasim. Okay. Vitanya, and we learned in Ebraisa, Amrullah, if somebody says, if somebody's, to, they said to him, they tell a Yid, Mace Aviv, your father died, Vikara, and he tore Kriya. Vakarkach, and afterwards, Nimtsu Benai, turned out his mistake, his father didn't die, it was his son. Now keep in mind that the Allah is, and this was a common custom, now we do it at the time of the actual burial, when people hear news of the death of a close relative, then they tear Kriya. See, so tore Kriya for his, for his uh, father. And it turns out that the same day, it was his son. Yotza Yidei Kriya. You were Yotza your Kriya. You hear this? So it says, David tore Kriya al Yainasen al Shol. Which means it was for specific people. You see, it's got to be done specifically. The problem is that um, by us, V'mheni Yavia Aisa, why by one Pasuk are you being specific? That by Kriya, you have to know exactly what you're doing. By the other Pasuk, it's not specific. Now, the word Al, it says Al Shov Al Yadis, and the word Al is said by, by being made for another. So the Gemara is trying to use that as the connection to say if the Halacha of Kriya is in one place, so then there should be the same Halacha by, um, it should be the same Halacha by uh, Nidarim, and we should allow the Nidarim to be valid, the, the removal of the vow to be valid, even though you don't necessarily know who made it. Our answer is last step for today. I'm really kosh. They said there's no question. You know, there's no contradiction here. Very simple. Period. And that's like this. When you tear Kriya Stam, when you remove a vow Stam, then we'll talk allow it. That's the halacha by, by Kriya. However, the, by Mefarish, let's say he said, I'm removing my, removing my wife's vow. Uh, I'm tearing Kriya on this specific yid. 
That's when we say, okay, fine. You said specifically you're tearing for them. You didn't tear for the other person. You're going to have to go ahead and tear again or remove the vow again. Okay, we'll hold it here for this evening. We will challenge, or I'm sorry, we're not going to challenge this. This Vatanya is actually Benichusa. Uh, it's a regular Vatanya. We'll, we'll, we will prove that this is correct. We will hold it here for this evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful night.